From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. that you've joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that will give insights into the various aspects of our Lord's temporal ministry, from His teaching and miracles to His atoning death on the cross and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled The Magnitude of Grace. The text is 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Our weakness should be prized as making room for divine strength. We might never have known the power of grace if we had not felt the weakness of nature. Blessed be the Lord for the thorn in the flesh and the messenger of Satan when they drive us to the strength of God. This is a precious word from our Lord's own lip. It has made the writer laugh for joy. God's grace enough for me. I should think it is. Is not the sky enough for the bird, and the ocean enough for the fish? The all-sufficient is sufficient for my largest want. He who is sufficient for earth and heaven is certainly able to meet the case of one poor worm like me. Let us then fall back upon our God and His grace. If He does not remove our grief, He will enable us to bear it. His strength shall be poured into us, till the worm shall thresh the mountains, and a nothing shall be victor over all the high and mighty ones. It is better for us to have God's strength than our own, for if we were a thousand times as strong as we are, it would amount to nothing in the face of the enemy. And if we could be weaker than we are, which is scarcely possible, yet we could do all things through Christ. See us. 
If your Bible reading is usually in the authorized or King James Version, you have probably encountered words that are quite unfamiliar. Because the authorized version was translated in the 17th century, some of its words are no longer in use or perhaps have a different meaning now. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer a booklet containing many of those archaic terms and their meaning in modern-day speech. In addition, the booklet contains a Bible reading plan that will help you to read the whole Bible through in two years, as well as the Psalms and the New Testament twice. To obtain your copy of A Bible Word List, free of charge, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of A Bible Word List, and we'll be happy to provide it.
On this edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns brings the next portion of a message entitled, Jesus Christ, Man's Only Point of Contact with God. The text is found in Matthew chapter 11. At this point in time, the Lord Jesus was ministering in Galilee. John the Baptist had been imprisoned by Herod, and he was having doubts as to whether Christ was the true Messiah. By way of encouragement, Christ sent messengers to remind him of the miraculous things he had been doing. Here is a word for believers who may feel that they are of no value to God. The Lord Jesus delights in humble servants. Though men may not see or care, yet Christ still rewards the cup of cold water given in his name. Now here is Dr. Cairns to continue this message Jesus Christ, man's only point of contact with God. God has not sent you out into the world to be like the world. I think of the words of the psalmist, the 141st Psalm, when he made a vow to God that he would not eat of their dainties. He would not sit down in the filthiness and the wickedness and the idolatry of the ungodly and participate with them just because they presented things that seemed like dainties, like sweets, like things that the flesh liked to taste. No, he says, I'll not eat of those. I have no communion with those who are in communion with hell. I'm one of his sheep. It's a call to holiness. It's a call to personal separation. And therefore, it's a call to fearlessness. The man who is sent by God, who is the sheep of Christ's pasture, purchased by the blood of his atonement, protected by his staff, led by his voice, the one who is living in holy communion with him need not fear. And particularly, he says, uh, don't be afraid when you don't know what to say. I'm sure every one of us has been in this position when you're going to be in a, a place where much is expected of you. You've got to speak. You've got to do all sorts of things. And you want, how can I ever speak? How can I measure up to this? What am I going to say? And you start imagining, if I say this, they say that. Well, if they say that, I reply. And you get a whole thing going. Of course, it never works out that way. Jesus says, forget about all that. There's a better way. Now, that may debunk a notion that has got too widely spread among God's people, and that is that you can just go around, you know, and you can just be sure anytime you open your mouth, God's going to fill it, and you're going to be able to speak wonderful words of wisdom. Don't you believe it? I've heard more nonsense coming from the mouths of so-called Christians. Some of them preachers, mind you. What's he saying here? If you live as sheep and you're hearing his voice, if you're living in communion with him, if you are feasting on the word of God day by day, if you're filling your mind with holy scripture and not with the unholy trash of the world and the wickedness and the idolatry of this age, if you're filling your heart and your mind and your soul with the word of God, then when crunch time comes, you'll have the right word. You will have it. Trouble why most of us don't have the word when we need it is because we haven't felt the need of having it earlier on. 
Get into the Word. And then fear not. Never forget, as he teaches in verse 30, that your Father values you. He says, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. That's a verse that usually calls forth jocular remarks about the balding amongst us and how easy it is to count the hairs in their head. Never forget the wonderful truth that's here, down to the smallest detail. The Lord looks after his people. He knows you. He knows your circumstances. He knows your feelings. He knows your needs. He knows your challenges. He knows your fears. He knows your weakness. He knows you. The psalmist said, Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the needy. The Lord is high, but yet he thinks on me. I think of that. And when you realize that your father values you, then the things that appear to be happening to your detriment are actually not for your detriment at all. Jacob said, all these things are against me. And I couldn't blame Jacob for saying that. He had lost everything that he counted valuable. He was facing death by starvation. He says, everything's against me. And yet, when he said that, things were never more for him than they had ever been before. They were wonderfully working out. He just couldn't see it. Your father values you. Do a lot of us a whole lot of good to keep that in mind. Because if I know the devil, and I believe me, I know him only too well. I wish he and I were not on very good, uh, I don't mean good terms, but on, uh, on terms of knowing each other so often. But if I know the devil, he's mighty good at putting you down. For every Christian that's an arrogant, foolish upstart, I meet a hundred who are despondent and down and hopeless. And I have no value. And I have no use. Now, every one of us will think that sooner or later. My wife used to fear Mondays. I don't think she particularly likes them yet. Monday was the preacher's blue day, black day. I've often said it was the providence of God that stopped me pursuing particular goals that I had for if I had ever fulfilled them. I probably would have resigned on one of those black Mondays when the devil would come 
And he didn't even have to tell a lie to tell it, but man, he enjoyed telling it. How utterly futile. How utterly useless. How do you ever dare to call yourself a preacher? Give it all up. You're useless and this and that and the other thing. My, how we need to get alone with God and realize our Father values us. God didn't need to save me, but he did it for his glory. And God didn't need to call me to preach. He could have called people to preach far better. I've often wondered at that. There were three or four of us young fellows ran around together. One sort of fell by the wayside and don't know where he is today spiritually. Not in a good place. But the other one had the gifts, the best potential for a preacher I think I've ever seen in a young man. Certainly would have been a million miles ahead of where I was. The other young fellow had the brains and still has the brains of a, a theologian, a student, an academic. Yet God didn't call them to be ministers of the gospel, though they are both active and prominent in their churches. God didn't need to call me, but he did it. And I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that he calls the weak and the despised and the nobodies and the nothings. Why? That no flesh should glory in his presence and that he should have all the honor and all the praise and all the glory. But when God saves you and God appoints you and sends you and calls you, remember, God values you. And he never changed from that. So, in the midst of this opposition, stay true to the gospel. Put Christ first. Verse 37 through 39 will tell you even before your family. This is one of the hardest things. Sometimes in order to be faithful to Christ, you'll find your family will forsake you. Your children will rebel against it. Sometimes your spouse will rebel against it. Your parents will rebel against it. The family will be divided. We should certainly labor for a family unity, but let it be a unity that is based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the Lord Jesus says, no matter what the cost, you love him before father or mother, because if you love father or mother more than him, you are not worthy of him. If you love your son or your daughter, before Christ, you are not worthy of Christ. And that's why he says, He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Tozer said, If I see aright, the cross of popular evangelicalism is not the cross of the New Testament. It is rather a new bright ornament upon the bosom of a self-assured and carnal Christianity. 
The old cross slew men. The new cross entertains them. The old cross condemned. The new cross amuses. The old cross destroyed confidence in the flesh. The new cross encourages it. That's about as much as the modern church knows of the cross as a little gold pin. Or some lighted symbol above a pulpit or some symbol outside a church. It's as much as they know about the cross. When Jesus talked about taking up the cross, he's saying, I am the divider of men. You will find family and friends to repudiate you. You will find your own nation making you an enemy within the camp. You will find the time coming when life itself is in jeopardy. But put Christ first. That's the cross. That's the cross. And it's because of the truth that the world so hates. Christ, the only way of communication between God and men. Now, I have to go through this passage, and I have five of these uh, connections between this truth and the events and sayings. I'm going to finish with the first one this morning. I want you to take on board what I've said. Christ is here this morning. He is the only way from man to God and from God to man. There is no other. You're either for him or you're against him. He's running right through this meeting as the great divider. Some of you will embrace totally, joyfully all that I've said today and say, I am on the Lord's side. I will serve the King. I don't care what opposition comes. I don't care who receives me or who rejects me. I'm on His side. But others of you, even admitting the theoretical truth of what I say, yet you want to walk the world's side. If you're not for him, you're against him. I wonder this morning where you stand. Are you saved? Are you for Christ? Are you one of the sheep or are you one of the wolves? Ah, perhaps even in sheep's clothing. What are you? in relation to Christ. So we'll see as we go through this passage, the will of the Lord is good news for sinners. For Jesus is the friend of sinners. And Jesus is the Savior of sinners. And he is that ladder set up on the earth whose top reaches to heaven. God does speak to men through Christ. And men can go to God through him you're willing to have Christ today on his terms, you can go to God. May God bless the simple but central truth of the sole mediation of Jesus Christ to all our hearts and bring you every last one to the place where you not only see it, but you embrace it. And in embracing it, 
you take your stand as one of his sheep. Take up the cross, no matter what the cost. And as I've said, say, yes, I am for him. No matter who may be against him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's all pray. Father in heaven, bless thy word. Write it upon our hearts. How we thank thee that Christ is the only way of communication between God and man. Oh, we thank thee for it's a wonderful word thou hast spoken to us in Christ. A word of grace and kindness, of love and mercy, of salvation and deliverance, of pardon and peace and life eternal. What a wonderful word the gospel in Christ is. Lord, write it in every heart. See of the lost, we pray, and put backbone into thy people in a day of hatred of the gospel. Lord, we pray, give us grace to stand up for Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, founded by Dr. Alan Cairns. Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the church. For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. Or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we let the Bible speak. (laughs) 